Hi, I'm Lizo. Hi, I'm Maui. And today, we gotta talk about human nature. Human nature is essentially the general psychological characteristics, feelings, and behaviors, behavioral traits of humans, and is regarded as being shared by all humans. So it's it's a concept that um, includes the way that the ways that we think, the ways that we feel, and the ways that we act, and that they're shared by all people. But all of us have different experiences. So basically, you're the. Your nature is basically, is it like built off of experiences or do we all just have like a fundamental nature that changes with experiences? Yeah, I believe that um, our nature is definitely affected by our experiences in life. Like if you went through Mm -hmm. something rather traumatic, then that could change your outlook Mm -hmm. on life and how you would react towards certain situations. Because human nature, it's essentially the sum of our mental, physical, and spiritual characteristics that make us human. So whatever Mm -hmm. experiences we go through that physically, mentally, or even spiritually affect us can definitely have an impact on our human nature. I feel like human nature is like mostly discussed by like in like a philosophical manner. Like, it's not something you just banter about with your friends. It's more of, like, a philosophical thing. Okay, here's an interesting question for you, Mali. What do you think are the aspects okay. of humans that have made us a successful species? Like, how do we stand out from, mm. like, every other species there is? Mm. So, I mean... I think I've thought about this for quite a while now, but whenever I've thought about it, I've always seen it in the sense that like we have a certain level of consciousness, right? Like we perceive things on a much more higher level, on a more yeah. empathetic way than probably animals and other species do. And I think that's why we're so um I think that's why we're a more successful species in those terms, just because we have a more empathetic approach towards something and we have a higher level of understanding and perceiving knowledge. To put it into simpler words, like you'd see an animal walks, it has its own language, it has a family. It's so it's basically doing everything that we're doing, but what is it actually lacking? I mean, animals probably don't understand us, just like we don't understand animals. right Mm -hmm. but then why so they have their own tiny little world and we have our own tiny little world right and we're all just coexisting kind of Mm. yeah but then then why are they not called like the perfected species or like the most successful species that's because they lack empathy in them they are again but they're set in this environment where for them it's all about survival right it's it's for for like for their part of the world it's survival of the fittest so they kind of i feel like because of that they kind of start losing that empathy and generations down they don't they can't be empathetic because of those reasons whereas us 
we I feel like as humans we're expected to have empathy in us and to expected to have some sort of like consciousness towards something mm-hmm. so which in turn like we do have that so yeah that's why I think we're a more successful species and I don't know if I would term it as successful or a more yeah. developed species I agree with you with like humans have excelled in the way mm-hmm. that we think about things like the way we perceive things in terms of emotional value, the emotional mm-hmm. value that we attach yeah. to things, and having uh-huh. empathy and sympathy for mm-hmm. the things and people around us. There's a, there's a question, right? So it's like, there's no correct answer. So do you think mm-hmm. humans, even though they're imperfect, do you think they're essentially kind, sensible, and good-natured creatures? Or are we deep down wired to be bad and vain and vengeful and selfish that's a really deep question (laughs) um okay so here you know how they say nobody starts off bad like you're not a bad person to begin with god didn't create you to be a bad person god didn't create you to do bad things to people the feeling of vengeance resentment and just holding grudges against people comes with life i feel it's as you go on into life and you experience certain things. And then that's when though there's different emotions that come out, right? And we learn different emotions. Emotions, some emotions are, I don't think they're instilled in us. I think we learn them as life yeah. goes on. Now, that's not to say that just because you've been through something, that's an excuse to become a bad person. It's really up to the person in itself about how they process a situation and how they react to it. Either you could be humbled by what you're going through or you could absolutely hate everybody around you and hate everything that's happening and just start blaming everybody else. Or you could Mm -hmm. take it upon yourself to try and fix the situation. So again, that's really about your mindset. But inherently, I don't believe people are bad. My take on that would be, well, I I don't really know. It's either humans are basically good-natured and we've just been corrupted by society or we are bad-natured mm-hmm. and we're kept in check by society because now when you put it like that that's very <laughs> thought-provoking you know? yeah but i still don't want to believe that we're kept in check by society you know because then there's there's always something so bad happening there's so many crimes, there's so many hate crimes that happen in this world just based on your race or your culture or your religion, right? And like with that, I kind of want to ask you, like, how do you think tribalism and creating in groups and out groups, like your race, your, like your religion and things like that, do you think that could help a society grow maybe? Or do you think that's just hurting a society in every which way? Um, okay, so things like culture and religion, I feel like that ties into our identity when we grow up with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it gives us a sense of yeah. belonging from when, if we grow up in that environment, we're just tied to that environment and we feel mm-hmm. like we belong in that, that tribe or that culture or that religion and there's people within mm-hmm. that community. So we have, like, a community and we feel like we belong. Um... But yeah, what what do you think? What's your take on that? 
Hmm. So, like you said, it gives you like a sense of belonging. It definitely does because, like, if I see someone from India, then it's going to be like, "Oh, you're from India too." Or if you see someone from Pakistan, then it's like, "Oh, you're from Pakistan too." So, it definitely gives you a sense of belonging. I feel, or a sense of like, um, "Hey, I know you," you know. And then there's culture. The part of it is culture. Like when you're when you're from a specific culture and you're from the same culture and you meet someone from your culture, then there's a level of because you've probably been raised in the same way and you've heard the same things or whatever, right? So you feel mm-hmm. like you know this person to a certain level just because they're from your culture or from like where you're from. But then where it becomes wrong for me is when there's hate happening on it. If you're getting hated from where you're from or what religion you practice or what your beliefs are, then that is wrong. Right? Like, I feel like even if you say that in your head, it just feels wrong because you're basically hating a person just based off of what they believe in. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like yep. a person is trying to come and put all of his beliefs on you and be like, you have to do this and that, then that is wrong. But if this person is just following their own beliefs, I don't think there should be any sort of um, clashes any sort of hate, any sort of crime happening just because of your race, your ethnicity, your religion. I feel like that goes along with language as well. Like language, being mm-hmm. able to communicate. Yeah, yeah that's true. That with people that speak the same language, yeah. it like widens mm-hmm. your community in a way. Yeah, it does. And, like, if you know, like, the same language as someone from, like, your community and for, say, that they don't know English or they don't... See, I'm saying English because it's, like, the most spoken language in the world, right? And I feel like if you don't know proper English or if you're not good at English or you don't know English at all, then there's, like, a certain sense of... um, There's a certain sense of impurity that comes into play, which I don't think should happen because you don't really know what the person's background is. Mm-hmm. So exactly, it's like it's, it's like treating nice. people who speak English in a more superior way. Like especially those who are fluent in mm-hmm. English, they're considered more superior yeah. than people who are like who speak like broken English or even mm-hmm. or can't speak English. Yeah. They're considered inferior. But like, like for example, one time we were in like a really like slum area in India, right? And over there. Th- I think I was with like one of my cousins or something and we were kind of like conversing in English just mindlessly not to make anybody feel bad but just because like we normally talk in English and I still remember the look on those kids faces they were like until we didn't start speaking they weren't really treating us as anything different but the minute we started like speaking in English they were so intrigued by it you know Lisa and they were so I feel like they felt like we were like better than them. And I didn't like that at that point because I didn't want them to feel that way. Uh, I was going to go back to what you said, to what um, I said earlier about the good mm-hmm. nature that is corrupted by society or bad nature that is kept in check by society. So I just kind of wanted to like mm-hmm. go into that a bit, right? Because if, mm-hmm. if we're born good or bad, how would you be able to mm-hmm. know? Because when you're born, you go straight into like whatever society that you were born in. Like you mentioned, like the tribes and, and cultures and all of that yeah. that you were born into. You just kind of conform to that. Um, yeah. But like, for example, 
looking at babies, right? Babies, uh, they're humans, but they have no cultural influence. They have no actual like human experiences, and they don't have they don't have friends. They don't have they don't go to school. They don't. They don't. They don't really do anything. They don't speak a language. They can't control it. You know, they can't really control. They don't、uh-huh. have that much control. So their minds are like as close to innocent as a human's mind can get. But the thing is, human. I mean, babies can't speak. So you can't really know their、mm. opinions because they're they're babies. Yeah, what they're thinking. Yeah.、Mm. Yeah. Okay, so basically, let me break this down a little bit. So you know how everybody kind of just loves babies. You're not gonna look at a baby and hate the baby, right? You're not gonna look at the baby and be like, "I don't like you. You just don't look like a good person." You can't do that to babies. Yeah.、Um, I think that's. I think that also comes from because in our minds we know that this 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 life, this little life, has nothing to do with anything. You know, yeah, like they just so came. Innocent. So innocent. Yeah, they're so innocent, and all of our minds kind of know that, right? Yeah. But then your question on how we know if they're inherently good or bad again.、Mm-hmm. Youth. I going back to what I said. I don't believe anybody's made to be inherently bad. People、mm-hmm. could be made to. For all I know, for all we know, people could be made. To be inherently neutral, not good, not bad, you know,、mm-hmm. and then they grow up to either becoming a good person or yeah, becoming、so、a bad person. It's our choices and our experiences that shape that. So coming back to the whole like babies thing, I feel、mm-hmm. like until I think until at least we're like ten, Lila. All of the decisions, actions, and everything that we do is what has been coming to us subconsciously. Yeah. At least till you're ten, you're not really using your mind when you're doing something. I think that's yeah, all because, just what's going inside of your brain subconsciously. Yeah, babies. Like when you're a kid, you just you just look at things that you want or the things you like, or things that surprise you.、Mm-hmm. There was um there was a study at um. University in the U.S. where they looked at babies' minds,、mm-hmm. and their results were that that even those those young minds, the youngest humans,、mm-hmm. they do know between、mm-hmm. good and evil. As an instinct, they yeah, do prefer good over evil. But you're saying they know what's good and like what's bad, and they lean towards the good. Then I think from that we can see that what we're what we are when we're grown up and when we have like a full consciousness, it's because of what has shaped us and how we've taken that from a very young age. Right after your baby is born, I think that whole process of making them into a good person with a good heart and a good mind has to start from day one because whatever this. You might think that babies don't remember anything until like they're three, but in their subconscious mind, that's when their whole development is actually happening. So if、yeah. you're gonna like sit around in front of your baby and abuse, and scream, and hit, or whatever bad thing that you're gonna do,、mm. then they will pick this up subconsciously, and it will become a part of their character. 
your character is not something that you build consciously it's something that happens to you subconsciously yeah you pick that you pick that so. stuff up from your surroundings and it just kind of gets embedded into your nature so then mm-hmm. that that kind of sticks with you throughout your life or at least until you're older yeah, and you feel like it does. you feel like maybe that wasn't right and you try to do better but then again it becomes harder at that time because this is all that you've known for your entire life mm. you know and that can be really shattering for a person so do you think that like what we perceive reality is the actual reality or is it just how our minds perceive things or how our minds like construct a situation and do you think that our minds can correctly interpret a reality or is reality just really just subjective is it like based off of what's going on and how you feel about something that i love that question that's a great question um okay to me <laughs> i feel like reality is subjective mm-hmm. it's um all about how we perceive all right so i read this book it's called the curse to be disliked it's pretty interesting um so there's this bit mm-hmm. where a philosopher says it's as if you see the world through dark glasses so naturally everything everything seems dark but if that's the case instead of lamenting mm-hmm. about the world's darkness you could just remove the glasses perhaps the world will appear terribly bright to you then and you will involuntarily shut your eyes maybe you'll want the glasses back on but can you even take them off in the first place can you look directly at the world and do you have courage so it's basically like he's saying that we see reality through our own pair of sunglasses like mm-hmm. in reference to that quote it's all just yeah. we see the world the way we want to perceive it to be and right. when we try to see it from a different point of view or from a different perception mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily fulfill the one that we have it's too mm-hmm. bright and you want to go back to the perception that you feel most comfortable in so i feel like reality is just built upon the perceptions that we feel comfortable with instead of seeing the world the way it is because mm-hmm. we don't have the courage like i really like how you actually put it in that context you know how we say that like you should try and look at the world from my eyes and yeah, then we were always yeah and like we've always seen people tell people to have like a positive mindset and like a positive outlook on life and like a and you see like people who have like a positive mindset and like a positive outlook on life they perceive their realities different than people who have a negative mindset and who have um a resentful outlook on life Mm-hmm. So if you have like a positive mindset then you're probably perceiving things and perceiving the reality in a much different way than someone who's looking at it through like a very negative view. Yeah, so it's basically like how you try to change. That's why trying to look at the world in a positive way is hard because you have to change the way that you perceive things. That's why that whole <laughs> process is so hard because you have to take off those glasses that you've lived with you have to take it off little by little and try and see the world let's say those sunglasses are your negative is the negative outlook that you have to take them off mm-hmm. because you're so yeah. used to having those to take them off and then be blinded by all the too much positivity or the the, the bright yeah it's it's hard yeah that's why you have to take slowly yeah. not rush into it 
That's why change is so yeah. hard. Yeah. And I think like the most with this, like how you just said that maybe you're wearing like a negative pair of sunglasses, right? But imagine someone who's going through like a really tough time and this just breaks my heart. But sometimes we we can be people who have a very optimistic view on life. But then we go through certain circumstances which make us take off that positive sunglass, you know. And eventually we we take those sunglasses off and we're seeing everything in this whole negative point of view. And imagine like going from that to like that negativity. Can you just imagine how scary that might be? You're so used to like being strong and being okay and fighting things and you know saying alhamdulillah or whatever it is right and then suddenly you there's something just hits you and then you're just like nope i'm not happy about this anymore right yeah and then maybe that could really shift your character and maybe that could really shift your character for the worse and maybe that's why people get into like all sorts of addictions and stuff because they don't know how to handle that negativity then try to go to a more positive outlook you have to take it slow because otherwise you can fall into a depot of like you said addiction and things like that because you can't yeah. handle it and um to add to that i i kind of want to touch upon this there's a psychology called the um adlerian psychology and it's mm-hmm. the guy who came up with the psychology his name's adler and he states that mm-hmm. no experience is in itself a cause of our success or failure we do not suffer from the shock of our experiences the so-called trauma but instead we make out of them whatever suits our purposes we are not determined by our experiences but the meaning we give them is self-determining so it's basically what whatever we make of an experience of an experience whatever suits our purpose Okay, let let me try and correlate this with something that I've personally been through. Maybe I could say it a little better like that. Yep. For me, um so death, I think for everybody is a very big topic. It's a very hard topic to talk about again. Mm-hmm. But then for me personally, like when uh I had a very close family member who died and I was very close to that family member, right? And when he died, I was kind of hit by a truck. because for me it felt like it was never going to happen or at least it wasn't going to happen so soon. like these are things that you can never prepare yourself for i feel i had two options at that time either i could sit and i could mourn and i could just not be okay with what was happening and cause myself pain right and do absolutely nothing for him for the person who's passed on from this world or i could kind of get myself together try and see the better right maybe see it in a view point that like he's out of whatever pain he was in in this world that could be health that could be emotional whatever it may be so like you just said it's all about how you perceive that situation and what type of outlook you want to give to it either way for me that was hard that was painful and that was absolutely shattering but i had two options of which outlook i wanted to give that situation either i could mm-hmm. just be like he went away too soon i needed him he should have been here or i could have been like he was in pain it's good that he went away he's in a better place so that's basically what we mean when we're saying that there's really your outlook on life is your choice so 
even though in that moment you may feel like there is no other way around this, there's no way I could ever get out of this, but you need to have faith and you need to have hope and you need to move on. Just sit down a bit. We we <laughs> determine our own lives according to the meaning that we give to those experiences, those past experiences, mm-hmm. because our life isn't something that someone gives us, it's something that we choose ourselves. You know how they say that, like, some people have this mindset that where it's like, everything is written down in my destiny, so like, why work towards anything, right? And do you think that mindset is right? Do you think that's true? I think we all believe that there's some type of written plan for you, but then there's some people who just feel like, there's a written plan, like, okay, I'm just going to sit on my couch and everything's just going to happen. See, yeah, I believe in, like, destiny and fate and all that, but in the end, it's our it's our lives and we have choices that we can make. And those, those mm-hmm. choices can define our destiny or how our mm-hmm. future will turn out to be. Like, if I make a certain decision now, mm-hmm. that might change how my future would look or it might change mm-hmm. how my destiny is shaped. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, our choices do determine our futures. Right. The whole concept of having, like, a written plan and then the question is, like, why do you have free will? You know, like, why is there free will then? But that Some people don't even believe in free will. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, some people don't believe in it. And I think, I think because either you're extremely on this faith that there's already, like, a written plan and everything's going to happen according to that, or you're extremely mm. on the faith that, no, whatever I have to do is all on me and no one else is accountable or whatever, right? Yeah. But then I think we need to find like a middle ground to understand that yes, you have a fate, you have a destiny, but then you have free will as well. And that the, the decisions that you make in that free will that God's given you will shape your destiny. With that free will, I know that a lot of people, a lot of scientists also believe that free will is just an illusion and that mm-hmm we don't really decide and that the thoughts and intentions that we have are just influenced from our background causes like it's mm-hmm. it's subconscious yeah i think i i get that point of view as well and basically our brain understand. makes that subconscious decision before we realize it consciously i guess so i think that's a really big debate to get into i feel like for every belief and every religion they have their own perception of topics like this what I choose to believe in is that you have your free will and you have your destiny written, but then what you do in your free will is completely accountable on you. But things that you choose to do out of free will will impact your destiny. If not change it, there will be impacts in it, I feel. So I kind of just wanted to ask you like a hypothetical kind of situation kind of question. So... If pressing a button meant receiving $5 million, but it would also kill, like, five people somewhere in the world, would you press it? And, like, what if it killed only one person or maybe killed, like, 20 people? And what if these were the people who you knew? I would not press that button. Mm -hmm. Even if it was just one person, I wouldn't press the button because... Sorry. Because it's just Um, wrong. Yeah, I just... That's just... See, is that thing that it's like subconsciously, you know, that that's not the decision. It's it's not the decision that I would make to mm-hmm. sacrifice either one life or how much was it? Fifty? Did you say? 
five million dollars and then it would kill like five people somewhere in the world or it would kill like one or 20 people and these would be the people who you knew so would you like kill like would you kill like five random people to get five five million dollars would you do that i would not kill anyone for any amount of money (laughs) we're not killing anyone we're not killing anyone we're not killing anyone (laughs) would you kill anyone for five million dollars um no no i wouldn't i would not <laughs> you had to think about it <laughs> no i didn't have to think about it i promise i wouldn't i'm a good girl i won't do it but um no i mean there's no but to it i don't even know what i'm saying but so no i don't think either of us would actually kill someone for five million dollars i wouldn't do that i just feel like um even when you're saying it kind of like out loud it just sounds wrong like, there's some things which you just say, and, like, it sounds wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, like, no thinking about it. It's just, like, you're saying it, and it's, like, yeah, that's wrong. I don't think anybody deserves to die for someone else. And I don't think anybody should die for someone else. Or because someone else is, like, greed or whatever. Ill-intentioned. That that goes on to, like, human nature as well. Because that, that question that you asked, it does, it does go... It links back to human nature in the way that um, what choice we decide to make based on our subconscious or the way that we're brought up that is in our subconscious and that shapes the decision that we make for someone who's been growing up around abuse and violence or whatever for them it's probably not that big of a deal i feel like extremists and um terrorists and people they have been brought up in a certain way and that's why they choose to do what they do it's not mm. because they're like a normal human being who's being brought up in a in a well surrounded and like a well educated and a well um in a good yeah, manner, I feel. It's a lot of our, the influence from society and the people around you or the culture that you grow up in. Or yeah, yeah it all has an influence. Yeah. The, the excuse for doing something wrong is never your past. It should never be that. But um yeah, so I I feel like if you're brought up around a place where there's violence and there's abuse and whatever and bad things happening, then you subconsciously, that thing will become okay for you. It's not going to seem bad anymore. It's going to be, oh, okay, it's fine, you know. But for someone who's been um, brought up in a more logical and a rational place in a good way, then for them, it's definitely a harder task it's definitely something which is just wrong outrightly let me ask you a question Mm -hmm. what do you think is something terrifying that that all of us as humans have all come to accept as a fact of life i think that end of the day we all somewhere are extremely selfish beings I'm not saying that everybody is selfish to the point where they're just doing crazy things out of that, but yes, you will probably end up doing Yeah, you can be really selfless, like really selfless, but you could still have some sort of selfishness inside of you. And that doesn't always have to be like the money and whatever. It could just be choosing yourself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there's Um, nothing wrong with that. It's, It's human nature. It's not wrong, but then sometimes selfishness grows, and that's what's terrifying. Mm. I think the until it's under control and until it's um 
being put to use in like a good way in like maybe like you could be stuck in a situation and like you should be getting out of it but you're just trying to give more and more but then end of the day you realize that like nope this is not good for me i shouldn't be in this this is not benefiting anyone and you walk out that is called saving yourself from something right Mm -hmm. even though you're putting yourself above something but that's still a good thing that is okay but then i think over the years or for as long as I've lived, I've kind of seen people grow their selfishness inside and it makes them do horrible things. And I think that's what is, I think that's what really terrifies me about humans that mm. you don't know their thoughts or whatever. What do you think? Like, what's one, like, what terrifies you? As a fact of life, um, I feel like I'm extremely terrified of death. Mm. And mm. it's terrifying, yeah, because that's it. You just finished. Yeah, like you're gone. That's it. Your life yeah. is done. No coming yeah. back, you know? Yeah, it's like whatever you've done, that's it. Like, And you know what makes it even more scarier? It's like you never know when you're going to die. Like, you do exactly. not know. Exactly. I could die right now, you know? You never know. Exactly. Every time me and Lisa would meet, Lisa would always sit and tell me, you should always remember your death. And I just look at her like, why, why are you saying this to me? <laughs> but to be honest, to be very honest, that was one of the best pieces of advice I have gotten from the film. Because after that, I remembered my death. And I'd be like, I am not going to do this because then what if I die the next second? <laughs> but... Yeah, but that's that's a really good piece of advice. So I'll give it to you. So I'm sorry. So you were saying, <laughs> yeah. Well, death is inevitable. You can't change it. You're gonna die one day. You really can. Yeah. And I think for a long time, I just wanted to believe it's not gonna happen until like I'm really, really old. But you know, yeah, it's unpredictable. You never know what's gonna happen, and it's yeah. inevitable. You can't yeah. stop it and you don't know when it's going to happen. So I'm just trying that's to accept you. that that's, that's life. You you live and then you die. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... There is no life without death, right? Mm-hmm. And you obviously can't die without living your life. So you should always, I think, like you've always told me, you should always live your life with having this in the back of your mind that like what if i die what if i die the next second what if i die tomorrow is this how i want to go up to god like like Mm, i feel like yeah yeah, sometimes i think okay if i were to die right now what are some things that i would regret you know Mm -hmm. things that i have done or things that i haven't done let's say that i would have regretted not giving time to a certain person for example yeah so thinking about that now thinking about how i would regret that when i die i try to put more time to that person so that i wouldn't mm-hmm. regret it when you i feel die. like that's yeah, one then- thing that 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 gets to me a lot having regrets mm-hmm. when i die because i really don't want that i want to die without regrets yeah i don't think anybody wants that man coming back kind of back on track i think as we grow up we learn how to handle certain situations. And for that, it's very important that your young fundamental ages are strong 
and you're learning the right and the good things at that point. Yeah. So up to 10 years, it's really important to have that enforcement of being good and making the right decisions and being a strong character that will help you later on in your life. Uh, if you had to sum up the whole human race in three words, what would you like? What would those words be? Complex, but also mm-hmm. simple. I know mm-hmm. that's like paradox, but like I get, I get what you're saying. But like we're we're so complicated, but we're so like simply complicated. Like we're simple, but we're complicated. But we're complicated, but then we're simple. You know. Would you describe so, the human species in three words? In three words, again, I think, um, I think, like you said, it's a, it's a, I would want to put it in a way that it's a simply complex race, right? Mm. And there, we have a very, we're very, I think we as humans are very conscious, right? And we all have a consciousness, right? It's about which side of your consciousness you decide to listen to. Either you listen to the right side or you listen to the wrong side. So I think we're all of our actions and all of our thoughts and everything is based and derived off of our consciousness. And I think that humans would be summed up into one word as empathetic. I think we as humans always have something that we can relate to to one another there is always something that will pop into somebody else's life that maybe you've been through or maybe you could relate to and i think that's why it's really important to not have hate between one another because you never know who's the one who could like relate to you and when you're going through something that's hard it's always good to find someone who could relate to you so yeah i think we're empathetic I think we're really conscious. I think we have a very simply complex being. Also, I just wanted to kind of ask you real quick. Yep. What What do you think is the best way to explore human nature? Is it psychology? Is it philosophy? Or is it biology? For human nature, I feel like mm-hmm. it's a mix of all three. You know, mm-hmm. biology to like a, to like an extent of like like I said earlier the the study of the baby's minds there's that mm-hmm. and then philosophies they're very it's very thought provoking it's very interesting but philosophies can be very um, it's not like one size fits all you know it's like everybody believes yeah. in different philosophies. Yeah, and then true. psychology. Psychology is very interesting, and that's it mostly is, yeah. like about how we think and how mm-hmm. the way that we think affects the way that we act. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's really essentially a mix of all three. Mm-hmm. But I think so were, too. If you were to ask me which one would be my top preference, I think I'd say psychology. Mm-hmm. what about you hmm. I think I completely agree with how it's the mixture of all three but I think my first preference would be philosophy and I think I, I say philosophy because 
Um, psychology, I think, is a little more technical, whereas philosophy is really, I think philosophy is what your mind and your heart is thinking. What your mind is thinking and what your heart is feeling. And that's what comes out when you're saying a philosophy. And that's where your yes. philosophy comes from, right? Because there's a more, it's more thought-provoking, like you said, and it's not one-size-fits-all. So just like that, human nature is not really one-size-fits-all. Because we start off with a fundamental nature, which grows, I feel, and it grows because of us. And to see what way you put that out there, I think in philosophy, in the in with respect to philosophy, I think that's really interesting. So for me, I think it's philosophy. All right. So with that, I think this podcast has come to an end. Lisa and I kind of wanted to ask you guys three questions. So question number one is, if you had to sum up the whole human species in three words, what would those words be? The second question is, um, what do you guys think is the best way to explore human nature? Is it psychology, philosophy, or biology? And the last question is, if pressing a button meant you received $5 million dollars, but it also killed five people somewhere in the world. Would you press it? What if it killed only one person or killed 20 people? What if the people were people you knew? So make sure you leave a comment down below or you guys can DM us on Instagram with your answers. We'll definitely try and reply to them. Thank you so much for listening to us. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. And you can follow us on Instagram and gotta talk about it. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.